Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And this is going to be a really fun episode because we've got Matt Johnson here with us. And Matt is an agency owner and the author of the book, Micro Famous. And honestly, you know, you guys all know this, I pre-vet my guests and everything, but when Matt's team reached out to us and I was like, man, this would be such a cool interview because Matt's got a really interesting take on growing a business, um, especially through podcasting, which you all know is something I highly advocate for, obviously doing it myself. But I think it's going to be a great conversation because we're going to be discussing really how to become this micro famous. And so Matt, say what's up to everybody first off and tell us something <laughs> about yourself that most people wouldn't know. What's going on, everybody? And thanks, Josh, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so the, the thing that's probably like the weirdest thing I've been doing lately that people would not know, although I've talked about it a little bit here and there, is I have fallen in love with black post-it notes. <laughs> awesome. So, Great. Right, so black is my favorite color anyway. But I was like, man, like I had, so I had my whole agency structure and my goals and stuff like that on these random post-it notes on my, my bathroom mirror and, you know, like that that thing, except they're all like fluorescent and I'm, I'm a minimalist. I want, and I want, I'm, I love monochromatic. So I'm like, okay, well, I wonder if they make black post-it notes where I can just write on it with white ink. And it turns out they do. They're the greatest <laughs> thing ever. So not only do I have the whole like agency structure like mapped out of where, where the agency is going, but then I got the idea, you know, I'm going to start mapping out my workouts and my cheat meals with them. So I basically have them up on my, on my wall. So like my, my options for my workouts are there. And then I have a post-it note for every cheat meal or snack I'm allowed throughout the week. And every time I have like a cheat meal, I take that black post-it note and move it over to the column that says cashed in. I've got my rewards cashed in. And that tracks, and like that made an immediate, immediate difference. Like I started working out more and eating better just from doing something stupid like that. Jeez. Well, see, talk about saying something weird and then bringing really good value off of that. Really cool. <laughs> I, I think I might do that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of a minimalist myself. My wife likes to decorate like my office and everything, but yeah. I love not having clutter. And I have these stupid fluorescent post-it notes right here on my desk that yep. are all, they drive me nuts. I'm like, man, you what? these right here, it's the best. Oh man. I am so awesome. Buy some of those <laughs> life-changing knowledge right there by Matt Johnson. Right. So <laughs> if you get nothing else out of the interview, that's what you should. Yeah. Bring. You can basically just stop. There's really nothing else that's going to be more valuable than that. <laughs> We're going to interview you. There we go. Well, Matt, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about talking about the micro famous concept because I want to know what your take is on it. Because if you've ever listened to my show and like everybody listens to this, know that I am pretty prejudiced against the people who are like, hey, I have a million followers, you know, and I'm like, well, how much money do you make, you know? Yes, exactly. We've worked with people who have a million followers, can't make a single sale. So mm -hmm. I am curious. And if we debate, we debate, but I'll do my best. Yes. <laughs> be kind. So, <laughs> you know, for you, Matt, so talk to us about what being micro famous is first off, because that's a really cool coined phrase. Yeah. So the, the tagline of the book is, is become famously influential to the right people. And like where that came from was watching some of my clients and a really great example is a guy named Jeff Cohn who runs, uh, like I helped him launch the team building podcast, which I co-hosted for the first couple of years. And it was a blast. And what was funny about it is it built a multi six figure coaching consulting business in around two, two and a half years, mainly based on podcasting and putting him on other podcasts as a guest. <clears throat> now, 
that like contrast that with the other podcast I was running at the same time that had like a mass audience in that same space. And like that particular podcast got way more attention and accolades and a bigger social media presence, but it was way harder to monetize. And so I'm like, well, what is it about, you know, that podcast with Jeff Cohn that did so well? And I started to dive really deep into the strategy. You know, why was it that that podcast generated really great results without a big email, like it was really tiny email list, like a few thousand. Um, and, uh, and then we're, believe me, not highly qualified by the way. Uh, and then, you know, Jeff is not super active on, on social media. Like he's not a, he's not an influencer in that sense. Um, and what it was, uh, was that he had built influence. He had a great story. He had a really compelling idea of the business that he had built that really resonated with, his peers and colleagues, like the upper end of that industry. So the affluent early adopter influential crowd within that space. And those ended up being all of his clients. And so when those clients then went out and went to the next round of events or talked about his stuff uh, in Facebook groups, people instantly perked up and went, Oh, like that's, that's not just some random person talking about his service. That's uh, like, I know that person and that person speaks all over the country and has their own podcast. And like, that's someone to take seriously. And those are the, t the kinds of people that were talking about his stuff. And, uh, and so what I realized is that we had kind of, I guess, accidentally stumbled onto a strategy that made him micro famous. And then because he had that home base of influence with the what I would call the most valuable slice of that market, well, then it started to pull other people that weren't quite there yet into his world. And they were people who would then sign up for the group coaching or they would come to his live events, right? So, but, it, but he started with the absolute kind of the tip of the, the market, the, like the most valuable slice, and which is the, it's the exact opposite of what most people do, right? Most people, like you said, before we started to record, uh, they just, they go after the million followers first. And then they assume that some small percentage of those people are going to buy something high ticket from them. And I would say not always, it's great when it works out that way, but it doesn't, it's not automatic. I love that. You know, what's really intriguing about this. I think this is really good timing for this episode. So we're, <clears throat> I think by the time this airs, it'll probably have already just launched, but we're, we're launching a new summit where we've been interviewing people and asking them, um, you have people who've made at least a million dollars in their company were saying, if you had to start from scratch, you had 90 days to build a livable income, what would you do? And mm -hmm. almost all of them, you know, they have their different methodologies, different tactics, but it all comes down to um, selling high ticket services to a small group of people. And yeah. it's really intriguing that you're bringing that up because I mean, you're saying instead of the typical like value ladder concept where it's like, do something free, something that's $2, something that's $10, something that's a hundred dollars. And it's like this ridiculous chain of, of sales. Yeah, it's like start high, sell the yeah. high ticket, and then work your way down. Yeah, and, there, and there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, I mean, one of the very first things is I think people now, like you, you're in my audience that we run in. I think they understand this better because they're they just run in the circles. All those people are their friends. But like, I didn't know this getting into it because I I didn't know anybody in my background that ran a company that was an entrepreneur. Hell, I I grew up and didn't know anybody that had graduated college, so I didn't know this. But the people at the top of the market they're they're actually very open to new things in fact they're always looking for new things that are going to grow their business and they're actually more tolerant of risk and uncertainty you know so when you come to them with a new idea or like i did with podcasting five years ago when like a done for you service just wasn't out there very much people didn't know about it when they stumbled across me they were like hell yeah let's give that a try it was unproven nobody had done it before uh, podcasting was still a new strategy in, in business to promote coaching and consulting and stuff but the funny thing is, is that they were the ones that were the most tolerant of risk 
right? So I get to go to them and work out all the kinks and get an amazing testimonial from someone that everyone else in my market knew. And then I was able to go to the rest of the market and say, hey, this is a fully formed packaged thing that works. And by the way, here's who I've worked with. And then client list of super influential people in the space and everybody else went and that looked at that and went, holy cow, like I know all those people. So it's uh, to me, it's actually easier if, if you know what you're doing and you have confidence and expertise, it's easier. But if you go to the most valuable slice of the market first, to me, it's easier. You can go with something that's not fully formed. It doesn't have to have a thousand testimonials for them to sign on. Work with them first, and then you can figure out the kinks, and then go sell it to the people that need a thousand testimonials for them to take right. action on it. Wow, and that that was a golden nugget, and I want to highlight that because I mean, there the, that level of people who's are they've already made let's just say a million dollars for all intents and purposes. They're mm -hmm. so used to risk already that if you throw a ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar price point at them, they're like, yeah. Why not? Let's try it. Let's yep. throw some money at it. And yep. I've even seen that with our own company. You know, like as we make more money, the more I'm willing to risk even financially, but not even that just time-wise because I say, okay, I calculate the risks and decide mm -hmm. you know, what's going to work best for my company instead of getting scared by the price tag or the time commitment. So that's, that's pretty yeah. Cool. Well, and you, and you know the value of your own time and you know, and, and you know the value of letting other people do what they do best so that you can keep doing what you do best that you know pulls the company forward. And yeah, if you work with a market of people that don't understand that, you, you, you mentioned this uh, earlier before we hit record, that there, there's a segment of the market that doesn't understand their own value they don't really know what delivers results in their business. And so they're kind of just doing the stuff. And so, yeah, when you give them something with a hefty price tag, they're comparing it to, but I could do that myself. Like, well, that's, you're already not thinking like a true entrepreneur. A true entrepreneur thinks that like, hey, this is not something I should be doing. Who can I pay to do this for me? And how can I go get the best person to do it and pay them what they're worth? So if you work with those people that have that mentality, it's just a lot easier to get started. And I, I completely agree. Like if I, if I had to replace my income in 90 days, I already know, like I, I, have, a liter I have a literal Trello board that I call my relationship board. And it has all of my key relationships. So whether that's strategic referral partners, um, potential clients, uh, just other podcast hosts, like anybody that's influential in the thought leadership space that I know of personally, I would just go to them and I would say, hey, what do you need? What's the biggest problem in your business right now? And I would just listen and see what they need and then give it to them. Yeah, and that's, you know, what's funny about that is, is you're talking about a system that's so simple. It's not doing, it's not building funnels, learning how to run ads or do anything. You're literally saying, find a way to sit down with somebody who's worth a million dollars, ask them what they want, see how you can fill that need. Like that's yeah. any idiot could do that, you know, to put it, <laughs> put it bluntly. And so, you know, and I, I want to highlight a point here because you, you talk about not committing your own time to this. this is something I've been working on a lot because that's a big weakness I have. I'm one of those people that like, Oh, I'll just do it. You right. know, I'll just, I'll just slip it into my schedule. And there's times um, <laughs> I'll tell a story. This is pretty funny. Is like, I spent 25 hours over the course of probably two months trying to solve this stupid SMTP issue with our company, um, with our website. And it was just driving me crazy. And I, I'm one of the people who preaches outsourcing. And then it, I didn't solve the problem. And I realized, I'm like, what are you doing? So I stopped, paid a guy 45 bucks. He fixed it in 15 minutes. No and I way. was like, oh, I just valued my time at like a dollar an hour. <laughs> and so it was one of those big... It was one of those wake up moments. You're like, oh my gosh, wow, you know. No. <laughs> so that's really cool that you're you're talking about, you know, outsourcing and, and spending the time on that. And so I do want to continue on a specific topic. And we were going to talk a lot about podcasting. We'll get to that, but I want to pick your brain on this because okay. 
when it comes to this millionaire audience, you know, the people, and, and that's not even the high ticket, right? But let's, let's say million, million, between a million and a billion dollars, right? Yeah. Most people who start a business are like, oh, I couldn't serve that audience. They immediately go to, right. oh, I'll just help people start a business or I'll help people who are just starting out. And so what, uh, what would you say about that market as far as like the million dollar market and, and some of the needs that you've seen there to people who've made it at least to a million? Because really what it comes down to is, I've even found this myself, is that people who've made at least a million dollars, their problems are bigger but what they're more concerned about is the time. So I, I just kind of yeah. want to get your your thoughts on that. So uh, one of my clients that we worked with a while back, uh, his name is Lars Hedenberg, runs a company called Real Estate B-School. And that is his second seven-figure business that he runs consecutively, like next to each other. So he had his real estate business that's seven figures, and then he built a seven-figure group coaching business on top of that. So... I was talking to him here a few months ago and we we're talking about the new program that he had developed for people that aren't quite ready for his group coaching. Right. And I was, he was just telling me about some of the systems and the templates and the things that they were building. And he's able to build things that people that are newer in the business could use, but they're completely different than the tools that someone would give to that audience if they were just in that audience themselves. The fact that he's gone so far beyond that and is now looking back and helping people that are five or seven or 10 years behind in the business from where he's at now, it changes the quality of the work you do for them. And so if, you, if you're a service provider, if you're an agency owner, if you're a thought leader like a coach or a consultant and you're concerned about going to that super affluent market because the, the expectations are higher. They are higher. But here's the difference is you, it'll force you to get better. But then the quality of the work that you do and then the types of material that you can turn around and create, even for a beginner audience, even if you still intend to sell to a large audience of beginners, if you work with the super high end of the market and that's where you solve problems at, that's the level that you work at, it changes the quality of the content and the materials that you would create, even for someone who's a beginner. And it's going to get them better results and it's going to get them faster results. So there's still, even if you plan to serve a large beginner audience and sell low dollar products to them, I would still go and work with the affluent as my base because it's going to change the way you solve problems. Yeah. Well, and what a cool way to think about it because, you know, like you said, it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easier. Uh, mm -hmm. the problems that you're solving, it's, this is what I'm hearing. I'm just translating what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be easier, but the payout will be quicker and you'll make more money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and overall it makes you a better expert. You know, um, uh, ever, have you ever read David Baker's, uh, the business of expertise? I have not. It's, it's amazing. Um, and he said something really good. He said, look, there's, there's two kinds of people when it comes to confidence and charging high prices and stuff. He said, there's two kinds of people. You've got people that are just confident in themselves naturally, and they just believe they're worth it. He said, that's like 5% of the population. And if you're not one of them, don't worry about it. Neither am I. So if you're on the 95%, you got to feel competent in order to have confidence. So don't focus on the confidence part, just get competent. And what you'll find is that you'll have a little bit more demand for yourself than there is supply. And that's when you raise your prices. And then you'll find there's a little bit more demand for you than there is supply. And that's when you raise your prices again. Like that's what happened to me. I started out charging 500 bucks a month, which is what my old company charged that I left. And then I doubled my prices and then I doubled my prices again. Now I doubled the value that I'm providing at the same time. You know, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, yeah, I didn't, you know, like I started off serving 
you know, that like higher affluent audience, but I didn't have the confidence to charge high prices right away. That confidence came from getting good. Um, and, and working with that audience that had high expectations forced me to get better faster. And then to the point where I felt confidence to where I could charge higher prices. Um, and that believe me, there's nothing better than turning away somebody that, you know, for sure you would have bent over backwards to close five years ago. And now you can proudly tell them, yeah, I just don't think you're a good fit. Right. You know, it's a good feeling. Yeah. That is an amazing feeling when you actually turn away people, not because you don't like them, but you're like, it's, mm -hmm. we're not a good match. Like this isn't yeah. gonna be something that's going to work for you or for me, mm -hmm. <laughs> man, you're good at this. Should I have you on the <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hope, I certainly hope so. been doing this for a, a while, but yeah, it's, I, I enjoy the questions. I love this type of conversation. Oh, this is awesome. I'm, I'm loving this. So, um, you have me fully engaged. It's just good. I'm scribbling notes. <laughs> well, good. Cause you only have what? 17 more interviews today. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to suck all the goodness out and leave an empty husk for all of your other guests. Oh uh, yeah. They're like, man, why are you so lame today, Josh? <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I could ask you questions all day about that, but I mean, it's just kind of fun to sometimes get that validation of like, Oh, what, what you were doing is something that other people are doing that makes them successful. And yeah, I think you and I have, we probably have similar approaches and maybe similar business model, definitely a similar like client base. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, like I, I didn't come to that right away either. Like I, there was a point where I, I asked myself like, you know, if one of my ideal, if, if one of my clients landed in San Diego and just texted me out of the blue and said, Hey man, you want to go grab a drink or a coffee? You know, would I be thrilled to get that text or would I dread it and look for a way to say no? And I'm like, well, I know who I'd love to hear from and I know who I would dread. So I'm just stop, I'm going to stop taking on any clients where I wouldn't want to get that text. And so that's kind of like my, my criteria for taking on a client is look, if they drop into town and they want to hang out, do I want to get that text? And I don't, I just don't take on anyone that doesn't fit that. That's awesome. Because I mean, there's, there are people, it doesn't even make them bad, but you're like, sometimes you just read the text because you're like, you're just kind of an energy suck or you know, like there's just <laughs> things about, you know, I'm a blunt person. Yeah. I so said, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, that some of the times people will, will maintain these client relationships that are just toxic and um, <clears throat> they're not even realizing it. So and I, I'm even guilty of that. I do that all the time. Yeah. So uh, yes, that's something that we're really working on right now. I've had a mentor walking me through that because I just hate leaving people. Sometimes I get possessive yeah. or something. <laughs> so, um, you know, Matt, we're coming up to the end of the interview here, but I do have a few questions for you, especially, you know, I kind of want to change gears here to the podcasting space because this is where you've um, really made your mark is in helping people launch and scale these podcasts. Um, but one of the things I thought was really unique about you is you've built a company that your goal isn't to work with them forever. Your goal is to come in, build them a system and leave. Yep. And most people don't do that, right? That's not their end goal. So talk us through a little bit about your process for helping people to launch and scale a podcast and, and how you help them get to the point where they can build it in-house. Okay. So just so it doesn't stray into being a pitch, I'll give you the, like the back of the napkin. Basically we do everything. So like when a client comes to us, typically there's someone that's, that's running like a successful seven figure business already. And then they want to teach and train and lead people kind of to give back and, and have more impact. So they don't have a ton of time. So they just step into our system. Uh, we help them launch the show. They show up for a call, you know, uh, when, when they need to, to make the decisions and my team does the rest of it behind the scenes. And then essentially like we book all the guests and they just show up on zoom, they hit record, they talk, they do what they do best. And then we grab the recording for them and take it over from there and, and publish an episode every week. Um, in terms of like keeping them 
for a long time. And we've had clients, you know, like I've, I've had clients, I mentioned it before we hit record, like that, that have offered me equity stakes, uh, which I then gave back. And, uh, and that's a whole other story, but, uh, we've had clients that have been with us for a long time and I've had staff that have been with us for a long time. Like there's, there's certain situations where it works, but that's not my expectation. It's great when it works out that way. But what I expect is that people stay with us for about 18 months, which I think is the real tipping point typically for a podcast where it starts to then double and triple your download numbers and you start to really get uh, traction. It's also the time when you want to start tinkering and experimenting with different things. And that's when I think is the right time to bring it in-house and have a dedicated producer that produces no more than a handful of shows for you and a couple of other people that way you've they can experiment and you know they can try all kinds of stuff and you can do two episodes a week three episodes a week or you can do an alexa skill and you like you don't do all this stuff um we sell one thing to one type of person which is what makes this such a like a smooth running systematical methodical business that keeps me from from going insane and and hating my own clients and and stuff like that so like we just do the one thing for one type of person and then our goal is hey let's get the podcast to the point where it hits that tipping point and you know you've got the right thing and now at the point where you want to start experimenting with expanding that or maybe running ads to grow it or doing all these other things like hey let's get somebody on your team that can take that over and produce it and we'll hand it off to them over the course of three months um I, I like I've noticed this even with business coaches. Like the assumption is if they ever cancel, something's wrong. I just don't I just don't buy it. You know, I think you need other voices in your life, even if it's a mentor. Um, you know, like I, I like my what the person that I would consider my business coach, I only paid him for a year. We were friends for a couple of years, then I paid him for a year and now I don't pay him because right. we became friends and he's now more of a friend and a mentor than he is a business coach uh, because I needed other voices to solve other problems in my, in my life. I just, I didn't need the same voice in my life for 20 years. And I think that's for anyone providing services to like that high end market, just uh, go in with that assumption. It'll make your life a lot easier. Make sure you get uh, a good lifetime customer value out of the average amount of time that people spend with you and don't try to hang on to them indefinitely and think that you've done something wrong if they cancel after a couple of years. Cause I just think people are going to cycle through and that's the natural state of things. Yeah. 100%. When, and you're bringing up a good point with that because when it comes down to it, you're you know, the, the people that you're serving, your goal is to be the person who solves a specific need for a specific person. You mentioned that earlier. And, yeah. and the, the problem is if, if you're coming in as an agency and agencies are atypical of having this problem, I was one of them is you're coming in saying, Oh yeah, like we'll get clients for life. We're going to make good revenue and everything. But when you have that sort of model, you're solving one problem and creating too many for them. And mm-hmm. that's when the, the relationship ends, unfortunately, because you're not saying, here's the time frame, here's what we're trying to do. Here's how we're, we're going to really provide a, a real result to you. So, yeah. yeah, and that's really cool. And thank you for giving the back of the napkin version of your company, because I think that will help everybody who's listening to get a good idea of who you are and what you're doing. Um, and I'm going to give just a solid pitch for you here, because I think everybody ought to go and check you out see where you're going, see what you're doing. Because if you're at the million dollar mark and you're saying, how do I scale? This is your next step. I, I 100% yeah. believe that it's launch a podcast because this is a branding strategy that will provide direct results, the networking, everything that you need to be able to grow a business. So, you know, Matt, give us one single place that we can go to connect with you, to figure out what you're doing and get in contact with you. Easy. Get microfamous.com getmicrofamous.com. So everybody make sure you go check that out at getmicrofamous.com. And Matt, if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance with our people, what would that be? 
Well, one of the things that I always tell people is, especially in the first six months of a show, think about using it as a way to build up your strategic referral network. I know this is, this is something that, that you do in your business as you help people make those connections to joint venture partners. I think that podcasting can be one of the best ways to do that because every single person that you either have on your show or that you maybe you go out and get, you get featured and you meet them by being a guest on their show, these are all super influential people. And behind the scenes, they may be just that strategic joint venture person that you need in your life. Um, and so I think a, one, one great place to start with a podcast is to don't, don't think about the audience right away. Think about who you want to have on because the relationship itself would be so worth it that it would justify the, the investment in the podcast. Who are those right people and go after them first. Love that. Well, so make sure you're creating a platform to stand on, building a podcast and using it as for networking purposes. I love that. So yeah. Matt, thank you so much today for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.